it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's shaking, Red Nation? This is another episode of the Kiss of Death podcast. Of all things, Houston Rockets on the Fan First Sports Network. And tonight, we're breaking down all things free agency for the Houston Rockets. And we give a little bit of a sneak preview for Summer League, which kicks off on Friday. And I can't do this alone. This is a big, big episode. So this episode needs two pilots running the rocket ship. So, Michael Brown, we're back at it. What's going on? What's up, dude? Uh, big week for the Rockets, man. Big week for us, man. We get the Ringers, Mirren Fader tomorrow night, interviewing her. It's going to be a great show tomorrow night, 6.05 p.m. Uh, so, make sure to, to come check us out. We have a great show lined up for tomorrow night. We're going to be live Friday night to discuss game one of the Rockets Summer League after the Portland game, 6 p.m. Central Time. So, Big week for us here at the Kiss of Death podcast, and I look forward to doing it with nobody else other than you and Aaron for that matter. Yeah, and so the funny thing – so the last time we were together, you and I, uh, Mm -hmm. was at 5.01 p.m. on Friday, June 30th, and free agency began. 
And we were here for an hour talking, waiting for that tweet from Woj, from Shams, from Chris Haynes. Houston Rockets have signed, blah, blah, blah. And that tweet never came. But in the hours and day afterwards, the Rockets, they made some moves. I think that's fair to say. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, um, Jeff Green, Chalk Landale, uh, this trade, a bunch of trades. So uh, we had to come together to talk all about that. We did break down all of the Rockets breaking news in two emergency podcasts. I recorded one on Friday night with uh, about Fred Van Vliet and Mike uh, covered the Dylan Brooks signing, Jock Landale and all of those trades. So go check those out for those instant reactions and news. But tonight is going to be a little bit more analytical. Um, Mike and I are going to kind of go back and forth, see how we feel about this, take some audience uh, audience thoughts and concerns for those listening to us live here on uh, Facebook and Twitter. We really do appreciate you. So feel free to chime in if you choose to do so. But for right now, Mike, um, let's start with Fred Van Vliet because that was the first in the chronological order. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, three years, $130 million dollars. Uh, this is something that you and I are both a fan of, so this will be fun talking about it. So uh, Van Vliet to the Rockets. Now it's been about five or so days. What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, it's still a home run. I mean, look at the the videos that he's posting with Jalen Green. They're already in the lab cooking up, you know, something something crazy. Man, I think I, – I don't understand the hate behind the Fred Van Vliet deal. I don't understand – I mean, so much hatred from Rockets fans about giving him a third year. And when nobody understands, and I, you talked about it a little bit, and I expanded on it on Sunday, that's the only way you were going to get him here was the third year. And then the third year as a team option, I'm totally fine with it. I give all the credit in the world to Tillman Fertitta and Ime Udoka, and we'll get, we'll get into this as the show goes on. Uh, credit to those two for, for getting this deal done with Fred Van Fleet, who is a winner. He is going to transform that locker room. And we threw up a poll today on Twitter where – I posed the question. You and I both jointly posed it through the the account. I posed it uh, without just put it up this morning. Whose team is this? And the majority of the votes went to Jalen Green being the captain of this team, having the keys to this team. I couldn't disagree with that more. This is Fred Van Fleet's team for the next at least two years, and I hope it's a third year. Uh, interesting. I mean, yes and no. Um, I think, like, at the end of the day, like, the Rockets, when they are going to be championship contenders again, it's probably going to be Jalen Green as the best player. Sure. Um, whether, like, obviously, if you look at who's getting paid the most, you got um, you got Fred Van Vliet making way more money than anyone on this team does. Um, and then with Dylan Brooks, a, a short second. But Dylan Brooks is not the second best player on this team either. So you can't really use salaries as a way to um you know determine who's the best player on this team i think with van vliet his value as a point guard is definitely something that that puts him up there um but by the end it's not the best player that's not that wasn't the question it's about who should the keys belong to to me it's fred van vliet he's gonna make this engine go or the i'll say this Yes, Fred Van Vliet will make the engine go, but if Jalen Green is not Jalen Green, this team does not go very far. Yeah, 
And and that's why it's an interesting question. I mean, look at the poll, 33 votes. Jalen Green got 51% of the votes and Fred Van Fleet was second with 30.3% of the vote. So whose team is this is a different question than, say, who is the face of the franchise? Absolutely. No, that's the way we posed the question was, whose team is this? In other words, who should the keys to this team belong to player-wise headed into the 23 season? Because obviously Udoka, this is his team. We saw that in free agency play out. He went to Tillman Fertitta and said, go get me these guys. These are the guys that I want. Go make it happen. So that's why the question is, who, who's the captain? And I think, it's Fred, I think it's Fred Van Fleet. I think it's his team. And I think you're seeing that. I don't think Jalen Green is initiating those workouts and those videos. That's just the way I see it. I could be wrong. That's I think, I think Fred Van Vliet's personal trainer is the one that that Shit. was yeah. there facilitating that. So right. the thing is this. Fred Van Vliet definitely changes the, the culture and the outlook of the team. You know, oh. the Rockets were a rebuilding team. And then when you bring on Fred Van Vliet, you, you put them in a different mindset. Um, this team is going to compete. That's that's for sure. And Fred Van Vliet wasn't going to come and join a team that wasn't going to compete. Yeah. This this like signing Fred Van Vliet is the first official sign of the Rockets are not going to organically learn this year. They're not going to run the youth movement. They're going to try to win as many games as possible with the group that they've got. And Fred Van Vliet is going to uh, lead that way he may not be the person with the the highest points in the box score he may not be the person who you know does all the flashy things um but he is getting paid the most and he is going to play a major role on this team something that i had mentioned um that i see as like a big thing to hang my hat on um is the fact that the rockets last year finished dead last in turnovers tied with the warriors the Raptors, led by Fred Van Vliet, I mentioned this on the last episode, Mike, that I was on. Do you want to guess if you remember or if you don't remember where the Raptors were, led by Fred Van Vliet, in terms of turnovers per game? Mm, I want to say they were fourth. I'll do you one better. Number one. Hey, the Raptors had the fewest turnovers of any team in the league last year. Fred Van Vliet is a big reason why. And – that is going to change the Rockets' perspective so much, oh. is because you're not like that's the easiest that's the that's the easiest way to play poor defense is to give up free points, right? And that's what turnovers essentially are. If you limit those for the Rockets, that 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 already helps your defense. So it, like it's like a good defense is a great offense. So if you're if you're you know taking care of the ball on the offensive side, it helps you on the defensive side, and that and that's the thing too is. And that's how the Rockets are also going to want to run their offense where good defense turns into good offense. So it, and that's what Fred Van Vliet, you know, can provide is, is someone that can be a difference maker on both ends of the floor and someone that can set guys up nicely. Like the three years, $130 million for Van Vliet is not just his impact on the box score. It's not just his playing on the court. It's what is he going to do for himself? And how is he going to benefit Jalen Green? How is he going to benefit Jabari Smith? How is he going to benefit Alperon Shangun? How is he going to benefit everybody? Well, that, so- to me, is where the $130 million becomes worth it. And, and I say that with a lot of hesitancy, but I think about it, and 
you know what? I'm going to say it with my chest. The deal was worth it for the Rockets. At this point in time, the deal was worth it. I may be eating those words at some point during the season, especially if the Rockets aren't doing so hot. But at the end of the day, the Rockets had to spend this money as well. They had over $60 million, the most in the league in terms of cap space. They had to spend at least like 40-something million of it. You might as well go and get one guy that can totally change things versus four you know, players that are not as good and are not going to give you that same kind of impact. And that's going to take away minutes from other young players on the roster. So I think it's an A for me on Fred Van Vliet in this deal. Oh, it's an A plus. And you can also argue as we get into the other free agents that they signed, there wasn't one free agent deal that I wouldn't give at least a B plus to. Uh, period. Of, of, of the four signings, I think the Rockets did a tremendous job. And hot take alert. We should have a buzzer. We need a bell. We need something. Yeah, we yeah. do. I loved every trade that they made because they cleared out with all due respect, the garbage from this roster is what it was. They're the only guy that they traded that I say, you know what? Maybe I would have liked to have gotten more for it was KJ Martin. That was it. Like the, even the KJ deal, you had to get rid of him immediately because you have now your four forwards for not only now, but for the future, Tari, Cam Whitmore, Dylan Brooks, and, uh, Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith. Yeah. You're done. Finished. You still have Jay Sean Tate, too. We need to talk about Jay Sean Tate because I think the impact he's going to have on this team is still going to be not tremendous, but he has a role as the 11th, 12th guy on this team. Yeah. He but as does you get those other guys, I think the Rockets did a tremendous job in free agency. Tremendous. Yeah. Sean Tate is probably the one person now with uh, the biggest question mark surrounding him, per se. Sure. Um, that was KJ Martin's role as, as the, as the Riddler, we'll call it as yep. the person that, um, goes it. And Pops is absolutely right. As, as we see here, you know, Ime Udoka is a big fan of Jay Sean Tate and, and it's hard. It's hard not to be a fan of Jay Sean Tate. Let's be real. Um, and, and he is the kind of player that, um, you know, is like what Dylan Brooks brings, like what that, that defensive tenacity, that you know, underdog kind of kind of mentality. Um, you know, you're you're bringing that, and those like I like the fact that it it appears that the Rockets are going towards a defensive minded team. Tough. Tough. Toughness, yes, that's yeah. a good word. Agitator. Uh, what's his name? JJ Reddick said it perfectly about Dylan Brooks. He's a disruptor. Mm-hmm. Now it ruffles some feathers. Which is fine. You need those types of guys. The Rockets have Bev, Draymond Green. Yeah, you haven't had that in the last three years. And now you could argue, I think Tari could Martin turn into Mark. one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, you you didn't have any of that, dude. And now you've completely switched around your mindset. Fred Van Fleet's not that guy, but Fred Van Fleet, go look at uh the video of him going out, not going after, but verbally going after the ref saying the guy was terrible at his job. Fred Van Fleet is not afraid to mix it up. Neither is Udoka. He wasn't that type of player. You're bringing in Tiago Splitter now officially on the coaching staff. You're moving John Lucas into the front office. Like, there are moves being made that, dude. This is very different than it was a week ago. Oh. Very different. It was Friday. Yeah, Friday. And the thing is, like, this is the 20th episode we've done of the Kiss of Death podcast. Um, You know, in the episodes leading up to this point, you know, we, we've talked that we've, we speculated a lot. We've, we've talked about what could happen here. What could happen there? What could do this? What could do that? 
Um, but now we have something tangible, right? We have yeah. something that we can like absolutely say, this is what's going on. And, and I see the vision. I see the vision, Mike. I hope you do too. No, dude. Okay. You know me well enough. You and I have done, by the way, congrats. Almost. I want to say, I think this weekend you and I will hit 450 shows that we've done together. Uh, seriously. Incredible. Mazel, yes. Puzzle to you, to me, to everybody. Thank y'all for listening. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I have not been this excited about the rocket since you and I started doing shows. Jenny, I mean, it's, and that's what it took is mm -hmm. for Tita opening up the piggy bank, which he did. You got to give him credit for that. You've got to give credit to Ime Udoka building a great staff, Royal Ivy, Tiago splitter, uh, the shooting coach that they brought in. I can never remember his name. Ben Sullivan, Ben Sullivan. Great coaching staff. The roster is legitimate. Now, are they a great 12? No. But I can finally look at this and I can say they are a legit 12 deep on this team. 12 guys who should be getting quality minutes every single night. We have not had that in three years as Rockets fans. We just haven't. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. No bobine. Now, Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mike. I noticed that you have left out – uh, Rafael Stone in oh, your yeah. in your flowers mm -hmm. here. Yes, is there a reason for that? Are, yeah, are you still mad right. at this man, even though yeah. he is he has been he's also bad. responsible for for turning this around? No, Why no, is no. he not responsible? He's the GM. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because my stance on this is you took the work that he did and literally Jeremy just traded it all away. What do you I mean, mean? The only move that I give him credit for, I'll give him credit for two things. Number one, he maintained cap flexibility, which you could argue has nothing to do with him and everything to do with the owner saying, you're not going to spend this money on talent to go win games. He did that. I also give him credit for identifying Alper and Shangun and going to acquire him, which he did. Outside of that, Ty Ty Washington, gone. Usman Garuba, gone. Um, yeah, but can Moore. you really blame? Can you really blame Rafael Stone for that? Those are his draft picks, right? Just right. So here's, here's the thing, Mike, and here's and here's kind of where I want to get at and kind of yeah. kind of rebuttal a little bit here. Sure. Which is what you and I love to do. I feel like Rafael Stone was given the lottery, right? He was given the lottery. He was given oodles of picks because yeah. he traded away James Harden to get these picks. And even though they were going to be bad for a few years, it was eventually going to lead to this point where they would have a decent amount of cap space, some draft picks that they could work on and some that they couldn't. They have had, what, nine first round picks in the last three years? Something like that, yeah. And six are still on the roster, the three gone, uh, Usman Garuba to the Hawks, Ty Ty Washington to the Hawks, and Josh Griffith to the Hawks. Look, you can only put five players on the basketball court at the same time. It's really hard to get seven. And, and last year they had seven first round picks on the roster. Not to also mention KJ Martin and KPJ. So you had essentially nine players from the 2020 season up until this point that they were looking at as potential guys that you could build around. Right. Um, and it, it, at, at that point, it was very clear that not all of those guys were going to work. And, and I had mentioned this it, before the 2021 draft, before the 2022 draft, and then in this draft. I said, in each of those three years, we've done this show. This is the third draft that we've done together. I said, look, 
They had three picks going into that 2021 draft. I said, when they took four, I was like, I don't know. It's a little dicey. Then again, 2022, I said they took three. I was never a fan of that tie tie pick because it just didn't make sense to get him to the starting lineup. It just, there was just no path. There was no path there. And the Rockets chose to bring in all these people just to hope that they would hit on a couple. And to me, it seems like they've hit on four guys out of their seven. So that's Jalen, Tari, Jabari, and Shengun. And they've got Amin and Cam, who also have a lot of potential. The guys, like, it, it wasn't a failure on Rafael Stone's part. Because at the end of the day, even if they got the seven best players from the draft, from the last two drafts, they weren't ever going to play together. And they were in a system that was not built for them to succeed. They were in a situation that they just, there just wasn't enough minutes to go around for everybody. And so someone was going to eventually get the short end of the stick. And those guys were Ty Ty, Garuba, KJ Martin for about two and a half years of his three year yeah. tenure in Houston and well, Josh Christopher. So, at the end of the day, I don't blame Rafael Stone. I blame the situation that these players were in. And I don't blame Rafael Stone for that because at the end of the day, in this situation, he was still able to hit on a majority of the picks that he was given. But he's and also it's looking like he may hit on some others now too. He's also drafting. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, look, I'm not saying I don't, I'm not, blaming him for anything but i'm not giving him credit for this offseason because you look at cam whitmore, well because cam whitmore fell into his lap he had the number two pick but he, he did try to trade up for him he absolutely did but okay but cam fell into his lap i'm not giving him credit for that he took the best player available at four in amen thompson he took the best player available in Jalen green i give him credit for tari tari's another guy that he deserves tari Tari and Shangun, absolutely. So there's two guys. And but the trade also, to get Jalen and to be in position to get Jabari. This is all, yeah, and this is all semantics though, right? Because the only thing that matters is the Rockets' front office got this right. That's the most important thing is that the Rockets' front office. But if I'm handing out medals here, if I'm handing out credit, the only way you get Fred Van Fleet was by offering him that third year. The only person that can make that call is Tillman Fertitta. The only way they were getting Dylan Brooks, see, and this is another thing. We need to talk about Brooks more because everyone's convinced that we overpaid for Dylan Brooks. I couldn't disagree 
anymore. I actually love the deal that they gave him. Locked him in four years in his prime, a top five perimeter defender. And if Ime Udoka can just rein him in a little bit, this is a home run signing for the Rockets. And let's not talk about the fact that Jock Landale, like him, like his size coming off the bench, I still think they need a rim protector, i.e. Bull Bull. I would go after in about two Bull Bull is not a rim protector, let's be real. Well, but if he can adapt his game, which is what we're about to ask Shangun to do, the only way Shangun stays on the court, he has to become more of a rim protector. Because if he doesn't, Udoka's taking him off the court. Period. End of story. So if Bull Bull, if, if Shangun can adapt his game, I hope Bull can do the same thing. Yeah, so the Rockets made all of these changes. Out went Ty Ty, Garuba, KJ, and Christopher. In comes Van Vliet, Brooks, Landale, and Uncle Jeff. Uncle, Uncle Jeff, Jeff is back. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, uh, if we look at this roster here, uh, we've got 12 guys, right? 12 guys. Mm-hmm. 12 guys. So we are in the market for three more. Yep. Um, a familiar friend of mine, not really friend. I mean, I don't want to use that term because it may get uh, misconstrued. But uh, a buddy of mine here in Orlando, uh, Bull Bull, was waived by the Magic. Um, and he could be signed by the Rockets. I, there's a lot of discourse on um, Twitter right now and social media as to whether or not Bull Bull is worth one of these extra roster spots. Um, look, they have three roster spots left. Assuming you got to assume they get at least one more guard. Um, they did make that trade for Patty Mills that seemed like he was coming to Houston, but then he ends up getting rerouted to Oklahoma City. So that makes me think that a veteran point guard could be coming in um, in a center probably as well. And then probably one more like legitimate like shooter. I'd like to see like someone with, you know, like a th- just a straight up three point specialist. Maybe a guy that is even um, like just. A, Gary a, really, a, younger, a younger guy. Um, a Garrison Matthews, if you will. Yeah, yeah, like that that archetype for sure. I'm not saying Garrison Matthews exactly, but yes, someone like that that can, you know, you can't just leave alone on the floor if he's there and you can pl- you can pl- park him in the corner um, and, you know, figure it out. But again, like this is like 13th, 14th man. Like like we're talking very low on the depth chart. Uh, but Bull Bull. Um I would not be a fan of Bol Bol in Houston. Um, it's just, to me, like Bol Bol is, like we need a big man that can protect the rim. Bol Bol is not that. Bol Bol is a guy that, you know, can help you with spacing and can help you, you know, defend on the, pr- but he's not a great defender. That's that's the biggest reason why he hasn't worked out. You would think that after, like he's seven foot two, He's got handles. He he can shoot the ball if if asked. Um, but you would think that a guy like that would have figured it out by now. He was the fourth best player in his high school class um, coming out of high school. And he hasn't worked. Why hasn't he worked? Because he can't defend. And for that reason, and he's not like incredible on offense or has these, you know, amazing potential on offense like Shangun does to where, because he's not a Shangun. He's not a creator like Shangun is he's not a hub he's not a guy that you can use as someone that can you know set guys up in your offense really nicely he's a guy that you can kind of leave in a corner and then he can go and shoot a three maybe and I think his three-point percentage was like hovering around like 35 percent at bat like I don't know exactly what his stats were last year he shot 26 percent from three-point number yeah. one yeah exactly the the guy that I love 
backup center wise, we talked about a little bit on Sunday. I want to get your quick take on this. Isaiah Hartenstein. I'd bring him back in about five seconds. Isaiah Hartenstein makes sense. Um, I'm not sure if he's available though. He's on a one year. He's got one year left on his deal and he makes the exact money that Jay Sean Tate makes. I would hate to, I would hate to lose Jay Sean Tate, but as your 11th guy, 11th, 12th guy, but he's not a free agent. No, he needs to be traded for us. But I look at that deal. That deal makes sense for both sides. I think the Knicks could use a little wing insurance, and I think the Rockets could use an Isaiah Hartenstein as an 11. Yeah, but the Rockets aren't going to trade Jay Sean Tate for Isaiah Hartenstein. That, to me, like we just talked about how how important um, Jay Sean Tate is and how much Ime Udoka likes him. And no, we're not trading uh, Jay Sean Tate for Isaiah Hartenstein. That's not happening. It could. If he could look it's at not, it, it's not Mike. We just talked about you mentioned how important Jay Sean just Tate is. Why would you want to trade Jay Sean Tate? It's not, I'm not saying I would want to. I would say that it, okay, so you're telling me if the Knicks called and wanted to make that deal, you wouldn't do it? No. Okay. Well, I'm just curious. I mean, Jay Sean Tate is your no. fifth forward. He's your fifth forward. Yeah, but Jay Sean Tate brings a lot more than just a fifth forward. We we also just mentioned that. Okay. No, I'm just I'm throwing out a name. If they offered that deal, I would do that deal. I would try. Like, I would try but the thing is, that. it's like, why would you go out and tr- and make a trade when you can go out and you can sign somebody? Who are you going to sign? That's the thing. I mean, the center market is bare. It's, Bomba would have been my first choice to bring in. I think I you try to go and get a guy like Paul Reed. Yeah, restricted free agent in Philadelphia. I like Paul Reed. I don't think they're going to lose Paul Reed. Well, I they just signed. They just signed Mo Bamba. That's true. In Philly, that's absolutely true. So, we, know, we know with Embiid. Injury is likely with him. They're going to need multiple centers on that roster. Bamba was a cheap pickup, and Reed is a restricted free agent for a reason. I like, I love Reed. Honestly, and and the thing is this, I know a lot of people are probably not going to understand this. Um, To me, you you just went out and got one Sun Center. If you really want to get another one that is um, a a true rim protector that could really bring you – some like something Bismack Biombo still there that on a minimum deal makes a lot of sense to me another veteran guy that makes sense honestly and then oh, after yeah. that like you're kind of nitpicking at this point um but like yeah. Boban makes sense as a third center uh someone that uh, you know is is a pro is someone from the previous regime that can kind of bridge the gap a little bit um, so that's another, that's another possibility, uh, for me, I would say, you know, that like, that's kind of, I'm, I'm also really high on Austin rivers. I would love to see Austin rivers as that, as that veteran point guard that they go out and get oh, yeah. he would be interested in coming back to Houston, I believe oh, yeah. so that's someone that I would consider in a return. And then you know, someone that's also just really good at defense, right? Like it's, a defensive wing, um, you know, maybe like a like a Danny Green, like a three and D kind of guy. Oh, no. Austin Rivers makes all the sense in the world. I only bring up a potential trade of Tate because he's got a really movable contract. And I mean, just because it's movable, don't mean you move it. That's not. Hey, listen, that's totally fair. Yeah, but if he doesn't have a role, come playing time, I think you use him. him I think KPJ, he will. Him and him and KPJ are the two movable chips that they have left and they between the two of them they made 25 million dollars in salary that's nothing to sneeze at yeah i mean look here 
at the end of the day, the Rockets, they have a they have their core. They have their core. And their core isn't really 12 guys. Like all of the guys on the team are not necessarily part of their core. Um, and Jay Sean Tate's role on the team is probably the most um in jeopardy, I would say. Um, just because they brought in Cam Whitmore, and Cam Whitmore has this um thing. But honestly, like I'm a little I don't think Cam Whitmore is going to immediately win playing time over Jay Sean Tate. I think it's going to take because, because the thing with Cam Whitmore is Cam Whitmore has got to get better defensively in order for that to work. And I also think that Jay and Jay Sean Tate's just there, but eventually like when Jay Sean Tate, um, like when his time is up, because his time will, you know, he's not, he's not on unlimited time in Houston. He's got two seasons left. They might trade him on an expiring deal next year. I would be surprised if Jay Sean Tate was in Houston beyond this upcoming season. Like, I I would be shocked if he was on the Rockets 24-25 opening night lineup. Okay, so we're we're basically saying the same thing about Tate eventually not being. Are but you just don't think you don't think now, not now. Think it's for Hartenstein right now, and I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to timeline right now. I think the time the move Tate is at the deadline. Especially depending on where they are, and it depends on where they are because we have absolutely no idea where this Rockets no, team is going to be. No, I listen. Call me crazy. This is a playoff team right now. I could see this team being a top eight team in the West. 100%. All right, so Mike, I'm gonna put you to the test. All right, you say top eight. I think they have the potential of being the top eight playoff team. All right. I don't consider a playoff team in the in the ten goofy whatever. Okay, so. Mike, they're a top eight team. Are you willing to say that? I don't know. Not yet. I when I say they have the potential, I would like to see what they do with the last two roster spots before I, I make that claim. Okay. Last well, let let okay then let let's try. I mean, the thing is, Mike is I, I personally don't feel like these last two roster spots, uh, these last three roster spots are really going to make that much of a difference. To be honest with you, in terms of whether this team is eight, nine, ten, or eleven, or twelve, or whatever. I mean, it, it's not Gundam, the, the Gundam, guys that are going to play the majority of the minutes on this on this team are already there. I hear you. I, I hear you. Oh, so my top guys, eight. You say they're top eight. I mean, the only reason, yes, it, it got right, yes. Name seven teams that the Rockets are better than right now in the West. Because this is where it's tricky. Because yes, the Rockets. I do think the Rockets have potential to make this playoffs. But you also have to take into consideration that there are teams in the West that are pretty stacked as well. Yeah, teams that they're they're going to end the year with more wins than San Antonio. I feel very confident. Okay, I I will give you. I I would agree with that. I think San Antonio is still very much building around Victor Wembanyama. I feel like they are in more of a place to where the Rockets were in a year or two ago, but just with better coaching and a better overall prospect in Wemby. They will, uh, be, so better, yeah. they will be better than Portland. Okay, I, I would agree with that as well, especially if Portland follows on what they've said and will trade Dame. So that's two. They will be better than – they will be better than Utah. They will have I, more wins than the Jazz. I think the Jazz – like, look, the Jazz were a surprise team this year. I don't think a lot of people – expected them to be as good this year but i also don't think the jazz are trying to compete for the playoffs like the rockets are so we'll give you that one as well so that's three uh, 
I'll, I'll give you this. Like I'll give you my boy Steven Berger asking who's closer to a title, the Rockets or the Mavericks. Hot take. Rockets are going to have more wins than the Mavericks at the end of this year. Now that's where we have a disagreement because I just don't see how a team with Luka and Kyrie and now Grant Williams after it's their signing trade today, um, I don't see how that is a team that you can definitively say is better than the Rockets right now. No, but you asked. I mean, this is a prediction, right? At the end of the year, it's not about right now. That's why I bring up the last few roster spots. We all know injuries happen. Good teams fill out their rosters, even at the back end, with guys that they can plug and play. Austin Rivers is a guy to plug and play. Bismack Miabo, the same, same way. If Landale turns out to be a flop, which the Rockets are not completely sold on him, they gave him a $32 million contract. Only the first year is guaranteed. But that, that's a good thing for the Rockets, I think. Sure, absolutely. I'll say this. At the end of the year, the Rockets will have more wins than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, that is another team that I'm – I don't think you can definitively say that they're going to be better than them, only because I just feel like Anthony Edwards is the best player on either two uh, rosters yeah. at this point. Um, plus, they have, uh, you know, a better defensive center, Rudy Gobert, and they have, you know, they have a they have a – in my opinion, they have a team that can compete with the Rockets. Um, but we can't – we cannot – like, I do think there's a chance that the Rockets could be better than the Wolves, but we can't say definitively. And this is why I wanted to do this exercise, right, is I want to, like, hamper fans' expectations of this team because, in reality, we really have no idea still. There's still a lot of unknowns when it comes to this Rockets team, and we really won't know these answers until about the end of the calendar year when the Rockets are, you know, in deep into the season. Um, because the thing is like the Rockets want to compete this year. I think that's what we know at this point. No, that's we know that the Rockets want to compete this year. And that be, it's because it was reflected in these roster moves that they've made in the last couple of days and assuming what they'll do with these next couple of roster spots here. But the, the, the group is set, like the group is set. We know that this is going to work. Now, the question is, is this plan that the Rockets are filling in motion, is it going to work? And I think the Rockets have another two-year timeline here. This is like kind of the next phase of where the Rockets are going. I think that this group with Fred Van Vliet at point guard has two years to figure it out. Three. Three? Oh, I mean, you haven't if it was three, If it was three, they would have given him that third year guaranteed. I think it's a two-year at this point because the Rocket, like this version of the Rockets, with I, I really honestly believe that Van Vliet will be gone after year two. There's no way. There's no way. I don't see it. Well, but, there's a lot, you, and the thing is, there's a lot that's going to go on, and, and it really, honestly, a lot of that will depend on how far along Amon Thompson is in his development, and if he's ready to become the number, the the point guard for the team and moving forward. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That, that's the biggest, that's the biggest um, like domino in that situation. But the Rockets have two years to figure this out. This first year is to kind of, hey, we have the pieces. Let's go and let's see how far we can take this thing. And we want to go to the playoffs if we can. That, that's what their mindset is this year. Let's win as many games as possible. No expectations. No nothing. Let's see how far along we can go with this group. If it goes completely south, if they're again a bottom three team in the West, if they're all that, then Rafael Stone gets let go. And they they work around you know kind of how how to fix it. But that's all we can ask for. That's all. We, that's all the majority of people have been asking for the last three years. I think yes. This you is, can't. You can't. This year is another. This year is an is is a year where the Rockets are setting their setting their goal, if you will. Like they don't really have any expectations. They don't really have any like no one really knows what they're going to be. This is the year where we find out where their true event like where their ability is if they can make the playoffs with this group then you'll look at it and you can say okay we'll fit like if you make the playoffs this year you'll essentially run it back next year probably with the same group you've got and you're like oh well what's gonna happen if we get this group one more year together we'll switch out kevin porter with someone else probably a draft pick or or they'll figure it out and then we run it back with that group and then it gets to a point where it's like, all right, now it's time to extend Jalen Green, extend Shengun. How how much are we going to give these guys? And then now you now you've got a real, now you've got a real team. Well, you have a real team. You have a real team. Got a shot. So like we're getting to a point now where everything that happened over the weekend in the last three years is behind them. There's no need to look back anymore. There's no need to say, hey, they they made these mistakes with. Christopher and Garuba and Ty Ty and KJ that's behind us. That really doesn't has no effect on what this roster is about to do. It's only forward from here. No, no only, looking back. It's only forward. That's why, I mean, they are a fringe playoff team right now. Fringe for the first They're, time. For the first time. You can't say they won't be. You cannot say they won't be a playoff no. team. You can't say they will, but you also cannot say they won't. And that's exactly where the Rockets want to be. Right. Well, you can you can argue they won 22 games last year. How many more wins would that team have had with a legitimate coach and legitimate point guard? We're about to find out. That's the point. I mean, but that's the thing is like you get you gave them not only we're not about to find out. It's got a couple months, but well, you gave them not only an upgrade at the head coach. Udoka right now is a top 10 NBA coach. Period. He's, a top, so. 10 He's a top 10 coach in the league. Fred Van Fleet so. is a top 12 to 14 point guard in the league easy this is gonna be a fringe 40 win team next year and that's gonna put you right in the thick of it and you can't ask for anything more as a rockets fan i got depth they've got veterans they've got what you need to compete this is not a g league team anymore this is not a let's go for the lottery now this is a legitimate nba team we we haven't even touched we haven't even touched on dylan brooks and the impact that he's gonna have on this team not only you argue, yes, he's he's a great perimeter defender. The practices alone, with what he's going to bring to the Rockets in this organization, 
he's going to drive people by himself. He's got a boulder on his shoulder. That's the thing. You know, I mean, that's my point is that you're, you're going up against the likes of Tari Eason every day in practice, Cam Whitmore, Jay Shantae, Jabari, Jalen, Kevin Porter Jr., Fred Van Fleet, Shangoon. Landale's going to be having something to prove. The Rockets did a tremendous job overhauling this roster because that's what they did. They overhauled this roster in a span of four days. And it's a beautiful thing to watch because for the first time in a long time, Jeremy, this is going to be competitive Rockets basketball to watch. Mm -hmm. But before we get to this competitive basketball that we watch, we do have Summer League coming up. Friday, Friday, Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore are our, you know, keys, like players that we want to watch. What's one thing, Mike, you want to see from either guy um, in particular? You, you, You touch on one, I'll try to touch on the other. Yeah, for me, it's it's the jump shot with Amen Thompson because that's what really needs to be proven on a competitive scale, if you will. We all know he can get to the bucket. We all know he tries defensively. His size is going to allow him to guard multiple positions in the NBA, I feel like. The one thing that's going to have to be proven to me is the ability to consistently knock down a jump shot. So if I'm him, I have no problem Amen Thompson getting – 15 shots a game, 15 to 20 shots a game. Yeah. This nope. is, this is his opportunity to kind of, Hey, okay. you know, this is your unit. You can run yeah. it. Go ball with out. Cam, with Cam. I want to say, you know, he's, he, the big reason why I think like, you know, as much as we really like KJ, you know, as, as a, as a guy, like, and he, and he should have a long NBA career. Um, but so. like his, his athleticism, Cam Whitmore can replace that. Like that is something that he can replace. What I'm looking from for for from Cam Whitmore, can he cut like KJ Martin can? Can he get open? Can what can he do without the ball in his hands? Because he's not gonna have the ball too much in his hands um with all of the mouths that the Rockets have to feed. But what can he do without the ball? Because it's not the players necessarily that on really great teams that the players that have the ball in their hands that make you know, it's the players that if they don't have the ball in their hand, they can make the exact same amount of impact that if they were, if they did have the ball in their hands. That's the difference, in my opinion, between good teams and great teams. It's five players that can, you know, make similar impact, even if they don't have the ball in their hands. And Cam Whitmore is going to be one of those who can be really, really important for this Rockets scheme down the line. But well, he's going to be. I feel like for him, be Trevor this is his first chance to prove it. Be Trevor Ariza. If you're Cam Whitmore, Ariza, be Trevor, like be, you know, every single small forward the Rockets have had for a good small forward the Rockets have had for the last several years. You know, PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker involves himself, you know, in the game defensively, big Mm -hmm. rebounds. Cam Whitmore, I feel like is more athletic than both of those guys. But if you can combine a Trevor Ariza with a PJ Tucker, similar size, you know, Cam Whitmore is pretty built already, but if he adds some more muscle, I like Cam Whitmore a lot. I think the Rockets at the end of the year, Cam Whitmore will be one of the three biggest steals in the NBA draft when we're talking about this next year. Fingers crossed. All right. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Kiss of Death podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at RocketsFFSN, home of all things Houston Rockets at the Fan First Sports Network. And we'll be back tomorrow night. Michael Brown will be interviewing Maureen Fader. She has written a lot about Amin Thompson, and we're really excited to hear what she has to say with Mike on board. And then on Friday, uh, I'll be back after the Rockets go make their Las Vegas debut, 
and we'll be talking all things Rockets Summer League Game 1, instant reactions. So uh, a lot you're not going to want to miss on the Kiss of Death podcast. Be sure to go and follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown, at Mike Brown underscore 2020. We'll also be live on Sunday night as well after their second game. After yeah, every Sunday Rockets night, game, we will be live. Sunday night game two for the Rockets, and then I believe it's Tuesday and Thursday. Well, but we've got a lot going on in this, you know, these next couple of days. So, uh, but be sure we'll be posting all of our updates on our Twitter account at Rockets FFSN. If you'd like to follow my personal Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Kiss of Death podcast. And until next time, go Rockets. Rockets.